All praise is due to Allah. I praise Him. I seek His help and I seek His forgiveness. I bear witness there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah and I bear witness that Muhammad is his last and final messenger. In the last khutbah we studied what it means to be patient with bounties. However, the fact that bounties empower man to do things that otherwise he cannot do, the fact that man often thinks with his emotions, not with his intellect, the fact that man's hopes for forgiveness exceed his anticipation of punishment, all of those facts may come together and push an otherwise rational and a pious person over the edge. So he uses Allah's bounties in ways that reveal lack of patience in handling them. Therefore, brothers and sisters, it is in our best interest to apply for patience aids. Aids that strengthen our abilities to exert patience in handling Allah's bounties. Aid number one, losing bounties. Misusing Allah's bounties qualifies the misuser to be stripped from the bounty in question. It is indeed a horrifying thought that a person may lose his hand because he misused it. A person may lose his vision because he misused it. A person may lose his ability to walk because he misused his legs. A person may lose his home because he misused it. A person may lose his wealth because he misused it. This is not a far-fetched concept, but rather a religious reality. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran in Surah An-Nahl, وَضَرَبَ اللَّهُ مَثَلًا قَرْيَةً كَانَتْ آمِنَةً مُطْمَئِنَّةً يَأْتِيهَا رِزْقُهَا رَغَدًا مِنْ كُلِّ مَكَانٍ فَكَفَرَتْ فَكَفَرَتْ بِأَنْعُمِ اللَّهِ فَأَذَاقَهَا اللَّهُ لِبَاسَ الْجُوعِ وَالْخَوْفِ بِمَا كَانُوا يَصْنَعُونَ Allah presents an example. A city that dwelt secure and well content. Its provision comes to it in abundance from every side. But it disbelieved in Allah's bounties. So Allah made it experience the grab of hunger and fear because of what they used to do. You find this ayah in Surah An-Nahl 61.12. The city in this example refers to Mecca, but the concept, the principle, the axiom of this ayah applies for everyone. I'm not suggesting that every loss one experiences is the result of bounty misuse, but I am emphasizing the religious fact that misusing bounties qualifies the misuser to lose the bounties we need. To be aware of that in order to use this awareness as an aid to our patience in handling Allah's bounties properly.
Aid number two, increase in bounties. Proper use of Allah's bounties brings more bounties to the user. Allah Azza wa Jal says in the Quran, وَلَئِن شَكَرْتُمْ لَأَذِيدَنَّكُمْ If you are grateful, I will give you more. Brothers and sisters, gratefulness is a collection of qualities. Insha'Allah, I have the opportunity to speak about it in the future. One of those qualities is proper use of bounties. So when you use Allah's bounties properly, you qualify yourself to receive more bounties from Allah. So use this concept as an aid to your patience in handling Allah's bounties correctly. Aid number three, anticipate the day you will be questioned about the bounties. Every one of us will be questioned about the bounties that he had in this life. It will not be in a comfortable environment. You will not be questioned in the comfort of your home. You will not be questioned in a comfortable, relaxed environment. You will be questioned in an intense, nerve-wracking, difficult environment. I want to describe to you the environment in which you will be questioned in order to prepare you mentally for that event. Are you ready? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, لَتَرَوُنَّ الْجَحِيمِ You will see hell. How about that? for environment. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, ثُمَّ لَتَرَوُنَّهَا عَيْنَ الْيَقِينَ Then you will see it with the eye of certainty. What does that mean? It means you will be closer to it. It will be very visible to you. As a matter of fact, Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Allah will speak to every one of you without the medium of an interpreter. You will look to your right and see what you have done. You will look to your left and see what you have done. You will look to your right and see all the good deeds that you had done when you were alive. All the praying, all the fasting, all the hajj, all the charity, all the good behaviors. You will see that before your eyes. And then you will look to your left and see all the bad deeds that you have done. And then you will look in front of your face and see hell. In that intense, nerve-wracking, difficult environment, you will be questioned about bounties. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the ayah, ثُمَّ لَتُسْأَلُنَّ يَوْمَئِذٍ عَنِ النَّعِيمِ Then you will be questioned about bounties. Every one of us will be questioned about bounties. I will share with you this hadith that came from Sahih al-Bukhari. Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu said, The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa left his home one day or one night. Then he saw Abu Bakr and Umar. 
He said to them, What caused you to leave your homes at this hour? They said, Hunger, O Allah's Messenger. He said, By the one that my soul is in his hand, what caused you to leave your homes caused me to leave my home. So let's go. So they went along with him until he came to one of the houses of the Ansar. The man was not in his house. The wife of that man saw Allah's messenger and she said to him, Welcome. Allah's Messenger ﷺ told her, Where did so and so go? She said, He went seeking for us fresh water. At that moment, the man arrived. He looked at Allah's Messenger ﷺ and his two companions and said, Alhamdulillah, no one has more honorable guests than me today. He went quickly and got a branch from a date tree. That branch carried fresh dates, green dates, and ripe dates. He said, here, eat from this. Then he took the knife. The Prophet ﷺ said to him, stay away from the milk provider. The man slaughtered a sheep to them. The Prophet ﷺ and his two companions ate from the sheep, ate from the dates, drank from the fresh water until their hunger was satiated and their thirst was quenched. Then the Prophet ﷺ said to Abu Bakr and Umar, By the one that my soul is in his hand, you will be questioned about this bounty on the day of judgment. Hunger caused you to leave your homes. You did not come back to your homes until this bounty came to you. So we will be questioned about the bounties. To be aware of that, to be aware that we will be questioned about the bounties serves as an aid to our patience that we have to exert in order to handle Allah's bounties appropriately. The last area in which we have to exert patience in order to be patient with Allah is patience with one another. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Furqan 25:20 وَجَعَلْنَا بَعْضَكُمْ لِبَعْضٍ فِتْنَةٍ أَتَصْبِرُونَ وَكَانَ رَبُّكَ بَصِيرًا We made you trials for one another. Will you be patient? This rhetorical question is for the impact. It means be patient. We made you trials for one another. Be patient. I thought of six applications related to us being trials for one another and having to practice patience with one another. Application number one. Patience in accepting our variations in occupations, economic and social status. The rich is a trial for the poor. The poor is a trial to the rich. The sick is a trial to the healthy. 
and the healthy is a trial to the sick. The old is a trial to the young, and the young is a trial to the old. Each person must exert patience in order not to envy, nor belittle, nor transgress, nor oppress, nor deceive any other. This patience is the essential element that permits people to get along with one another. Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu said that Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallama said, Al-mu'minu mu'allafun wala khayra fi man la ya'lafu wa la yu'laf. A believer is friendly and there is no goodness in the one who does not befriend nor anyone befriends him. That means this person is not exerting patience to get along with other people. Variation in occupations, economic and social status is one of the imprints of Allah's mercy on us. Can you imagine how a society would be if all of the society members were doctors? Can you imagine how a society would be if all of the society members were lawyers? If all of the society members were builders, if all of the society members were engineers, if all of the society members were teachers, if all of the society members were accountants, it will not be a functional society. For this reason, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala positioned us on the function chart to fill various occupations. Some of us are doctors, some of us are builders, some of us are engineers, some of us are accountants, some of us are teachers, some of us are imams, some of us are electricians, some of us are plumbers, some of us are farmers, in order to make use of one another for service. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Zukhruf 43.32 وَرَفَعْنَا بَعْضَهُمْ فَوْقَ بَعْضٍ دَرَجَاتٍ لِيَتَّخِذَ بَعْضُهُمْ بَعْضًا we have apportioned among them their livelihood in the life of the world and raised some of them above others in ranks that they may make use of one another for service. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put us on different ranks in respect to social and economic status. A person who occupies the Y position does not have the same social status as a person who occupies the X position. That does not mean one person is better than the other due to their social status. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah Al-Hujurat, 
The most honorable of you by Allah is the one who has the most taqwa, is the one who has the most piety. However, the social status attached to each position differs than the social status attached to another position. Being patient with one another is to accept this variation in social and economic status. Truly Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raised some of us over others in social and economic status. But Allah Azza wa Jal did so in order for us to make use of one another in service. In order for the society to be functional. But that does not mean the person who has more money is more valuable in the sight of Allah than the one who has less money. It does not mean the person who has high social status is more valuable in the sight of Allah than the one who has less social status. This variation in status is in order for the society to be functional. You know when the communists try to cancel ranks related to social and economic status, the society was not functional. So brothers and sisters, we have to exert patience in accepting this fact, but also we need to respect one another regardless of the social and the economic status. We need to remain humble to one another regardless of the social and economic status. We need to remain envious of one another regardless of the social and economic status. A person cannot say, I will respect those who share with me the same level of economic status. If a person has this attitude, this is a sick person. A person who does not know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, the most honorable of you by Allah are those who have the most taqwa are those who have the most piety. Application number two. Patience in handling our different but acceptable religious understandings. There are religious understandings that are not acceptable. So we should not try to exert any patience to accept them. But we should exert patience in exposing them and fighting them off. However, there are religious understandings that are different than ours and they are acceptable. We came from different backgrounds with different religious understandings and practices. Some of them are correct and some of them are not. And some are relatively correct. Maybe you have heard me speaking about relative correctness before, but it's worthwhile to speak about it again. Relative correctness exists 
when a person has sound evidence that supports his understanding and practice. So what he does is correct relative to his understanding. Whereas another person on the same issue may yet have another sound evidence that supports his understanding and practice. So what he does is correct relative to his understanding. The truth remains one. The truth is one in respect to Allah's knowledge. Also, the truth is one in respect to the scholar's opinions. Each scholar, however, feels his opinion is correct without discounting the small possibility that it can be wrong. As he feels the opinion of the other scholar is wrong without discounting the small possibility that it may be right. With this right attitude, the scholars were able to get along with one another. We need to take on the same attitudes in order to accept different but acceptable religious practices and understandings. The third application related to us being trials for one another and having to be patient with one another is patience in handling difficult people. Difficult people are parts of our lives. Maybe the difficult person is your co-worker. Maybe the difficult person is your neighbor. Maybe the difficult person is your partner at work. Maybe the difficult person is your boss. I hope the difficult person is not your spouse. Somebody might say, well, my spouse is my boss. But no matter what the case is, difficult people are part of our lives. They appear and then they disappear and then they appear back again. We feel if we leave town, if we change work, or we move to a different neighborhood, we will not run into difficult people anymore, which is not the case. We run into difficult people as we are living our lives. What should we do with them? What should we do about them? I would like to suggest to you that you may be the difficult person in somebody's life. Now, maybe you are thinking about a difficult person in your life. Your personalities do not match. You have different social skills. You have different attitudes. What do you do with difficult people? We have to exert patience with them. The tendency is to deal with difficult people with the roughness if we have the opportunity to do so. The tendency is to deal with difficult people with harshness if we have the opportunity to do so. The tendency is to feel that we are superior to the difficult people in our lives. After all, 
this person is only difficult because he or she does not get it. But we are smarter than them. Thus we feel we are superior to this difficult person. This feeling impacts how we deal with those difficult people. And you cannot deal with a difficult person feeling that you are superior to him. This is not the way to go about it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to be patient with one another. And that includes the difficult people in your lives. If you are only patient with those who are easy with you, those who are nice and polite to you, that is not a plus to you. You are just being reciprocal. Allah wants you to be patient with those who are not so good to you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Fussilat 41-34 إِدْفَعْ بِالَّتِي هِيَ أَحْسَنْ فَإِذَا الَّذِي بَيْنَكَ وَبَيْنَهُ عَدَاوَةٌ كَأَنَّهُ وَلِيٌّ حَمِيمٌ Repel with that which is best and thereupon the one whom between you and him is enmity will be like a close friend would you like the difficult person in your life to be like a close friend to you you may say there is no enmity between myself and the difficult person in my life maybe this is not a very accurate statement those people who we do not get along with, those people who have different social skills than ours, those people who have different attitudes than ours, those people who have different personalities than ours, those people who represent a challenge to our social skills, who represent a challenge to our attitudes, who represent a challenge to our personalities, we feel enmity toward this individual. Allah wants us to repel this enmity by doing good deeds unto those people. Allah wants us to repel this enmity. How? Not by acting superior to them, not by being hard and rough on them, but Allah wants us to repel this enmity by doing good unto those people. Deal with those people with humility. Try to be kind with the difficult person in your life and that in general will take care of the problem. And that is the patience you have to exert as a general rule. And of course, every rule has its exceptions. Being kind and patient with the difficult person in your life will turn this individual to be like your close friend. Insha'Allah Ta'ala, I will speak about the last three applications in the second khutbah and we wrap up this series. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad.